Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers, an anime podcast. I am your host, Neve, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Connor. Hello, everyone. Good to uh, be with you again. Um, I did say your name this time because you said you're not going to say it anymore, although it would be very in line with the show for you to, like, us to just never say your name this episode, and then the next episode, people actually find out your name. I feel like... The show that we're watching coming up next is Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. And uh, at this point, I just know all the characters' names, but I'm assuming you coming into the series for the first time, you're there was just like an entire episode where you're like, okay, who's that person's name? You just never told me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is especially weird given that like this was an OVA. Although I guess episodes one and two were released at the same time, and then three and four, they were, like, released together. But, yeah, we, we can get into some of that, like, production stuff a little bit. I, I think, you know, putting right at the front here, we'll be watching this over the course of two episodes. So our first episode of discussions, we'll be talking about episodes one through six. And then our second discussion episode will be seven through twelve. We might, I might get a little bit into the production of this series in a bit, but I think first it kind of might just be good to, to do a little, like, what are our experiences with Gundam and mecha anime generally? Um, I know we talked about this a little bit in the Welcome to Ghost to Divers podcast, but I think we can dive in a little bit more specifically with, like, hey, Gundam. We, we briefly touched on this, but, like, I don't think we really explicitly laid out in that Welcome to the show podcast that you have basically watched like all of universal century up till I think victory at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've basically watched none other than 08th MS team war in the pocket. And like probably the, the very first, like maybe seven episodes I'll roughly say, or no, it would be probably around 11 episodes if I'm actually doing the math here, of the first Gundam or Gundam 79. A lot of that other earlier stuff, I just, I mean, we can get into it. I'll I'll let you talk first as the one who is probably more of the, like, Gundam. I've watched everything from, like, the Japanese side chronologically. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we have two separate things and your approach to Gundam has been a little bit more like this is the way that it was released in Japan. This is probably what like that audience would have watched it in that order more. This is like what the Great Gundam, like you're watching through it the same way that the Great Gundam Project is basically watching through it right now. Whereas mine is like very the Gundam came to Toonami and it came to Toonami with Gundam Wing and that's what I watched first and a lot of my experience of Gundam is like very very influenced by like the Toonami approach. It's so it's interesting that you say that because in in recent years my approach has been this this more like dedicated completionist uh approach where I'm just watching through basically in like the original production order and in a way 
that approach is what has really made me such a big fan of the series. But at the same time, and I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before in our previous discussions of Gundam stuff, my original exposure to it was was that tsunami exposure. Uh, probably like a lot of Americans, I was just catching like random Gundam stuff on Toonami when I was like, you know, before football practice at like 5 p.m. or whatever, I would try and like watch cartoons. <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think at the time, I can't remember which one it was, but I think at the time the, the main series that I was seeing was probably Gundam Wing. I'll let you know when I get to Gundam Wing in my chronological watch through. <laughs> um, yeah, I do you remember like around what year you you first caught Gundam? Because I've written out the Toonami premiere order for Gundam back in the day um, at this point, just to like try and contextualize for myself as well. Um, so it probably would have been, it, it would have been like later than the like Toonami premiere for sure. It was probably when I was like 13 or like 12 and 13, maybe a little bit younger. And I was born in 93. So yeah, I mean, I might've been catching like, you know, Gundam Seed or something. I'm actually really anticipating the moment when, um, cause I have a few like, well, this is kind of on a tangent now, but I don't always have like the greatest memory of that time from before I was a teenager or whatever, and even my early teenage years. But I do have some notable, like, distinct memories of watching Gundam. So I'm really looking forward to having that dovetail moment when I'm watching through the production order, uh, in the production order, and I come across the series that it was, that I was actually watching as, like, a 12-year-old. Now, with all of that said, another amusing aspect of this is that when we were talking about doing this series... I think part of the reason that we chose it, part of the interest for us when we were like talking about it prospectively was the fact that I hadn't seen OAth MS Team. But when I first started watching it uh, for this time around, as soon as the opening credits hit, I was like, oh my God, I have seen this. Um, so somewhere like deep in the back of my mind, um, I have seen either like the whole thing or some... Um, episodes of this series like many many years ago long enough ago that i've forgotten most of it so it still is like fresh but that was just a a really wild moment of deja vu I, (laughs) i guess i can tell my story too because i also had this moment of um so when i thought back to like when i first watched gundam i basically remember watching Gundam Wing. That was the one that I got into. I, I like ended up piecing stuff together in my brain a little bit more. And I was like, oh, because I think in the welcome to the podcast, I said that it was in high school. And I think it actually was in middle school, which lines up when Gundam Wing first premiered. And I just remember like watching through all of that, getting really into it, buying some Gunpla, but 
being a like middle school kid who doesn't understand what gunpla is and so i was just like twisting the pieces out and like putting it together and you know like basically snapping it together not even really doing the like glue and everything not carefully placing the decals i'm sure people who love gunpla are just like horrified at this idea (laughs) Um, but i had like five of them or something um and they were all from gundam wing i liked the death scythe or whatever which is just like the most goth Gundam design ever um, especially the one that had the like demon wings which um, like so, so much of it of when I look at what was I drawn to in Gundam Wing it's like oh of course after that I went to like Magic Knight Ray Earth and Magic Knight Ray Earth definitely hit a little bit later um, but it was around the time I was first starting to get into anime I think it was before I actually like the friend who I'm hoping to have on was like here watch Evangelion uh, which set me on a different direction but it was like I remember I I think I rented or something a VHS from like later season and then I bought the first three mangas but felt like super guilty around Ray Earth we'll get to that later I'm going on a tangent um <laughs> but after that I was like I don't think I really watched like I know at some point I watched some of Gundam 79 and I think it was on Toonami. Um, I don't really know exactly how it lined up. And then I was listening and like, you know, Austin Walker was one of the people who put forward like, oh, wait, the MS team is a great first Gundam to watch because it's short, but gives you an encapsulation of like, what is Gundam and what's good and bad about it. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm interested in getting back into Gundam after branching off and getting like way more interested in Especially, like, I'm drawn to weird, arcane, like, magic, or... This is a big thing of, like, probably currently my favorite Gundam series is Iron-Blooded Orphans. And one of the things I love about Iron-Blooded Orphans is that the... There's lots of mechs that they have, but then when there's something that is a Gundam, it is an ancient machine from a war, like, a thousand years ago, which could possibly be like the universal sensory stuff, it's never revealed or never made clear. But if you're like trying to piece it together into one timeline, that's usually where people place it. And it's like, these are the super powerful machines that we're digging up and we're like these, you know, they're like these super powered things, but then also they like seem to have weird consciousnesses that are separate from the like pilots. And like, I love that. Like the mech is some sort of weird entity thing that is like drawing on ancient forbidden power or whatever, or is like weird and magic, which is like why I love Magic Knight Ray Earth. It's one of the things I love about Evangelion. A lot of my favorite mech taps into that, like mecha stuff taps into that, which I'm sure you've also seen from the mecha campaigns that I run with you, Connor. I was just Uh, sitting here like, oh, this sounds really familiar. Yeah. And so like, I can see how like Gundam Wing started catapulting me in that direction because the mech designs in Gundam Wing were leaning towards the like more weirder or like arcane styled mechs that you see in those types types of shows often. So like all of that to then say, you know, I, I then said, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch the 08th MS team, or actually I do most of my anime watching while biking on a stationary bike. So I'm going to bike and watch the 08th MS team. And this was like a couple years ago. And as soon as it came on, I was like, I've seen this before. And again, I remembered very little of it. And I like watched through the entirety of it. And I realized... So also, I, like, vaguely remembered the final episode, which this 
we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, but it w- was never actually aired on Toonami. They cut the final episode when they, whenever they've aired it. And so I remember stuff from the final episode. And so I'm like, I think I watched someone's DVDs. I think I even saw like Miller's report. And I then realized that when I was a punk in high school, there was a friend who was kind of in the punk group. It was just like the full on pothead. And we would just hang out at his house and like get stoned and watch anime. And I'm pretty sure we just watched the entirety of the 08th MS team one night. And I was probably incredibly high, which is just like not even a thing I do anymore. Um, but I was like just blazed watching through this. So and I have like weird memories of it. And I, I don't think in my head I even ever really thought like I never put together that like this show that I watched was Gundam because when I watched other Gundam there's there are things that feel distinct about 08th MS team that are separate from a lot of the other Gundam that I've seen where it was easier for me to just be like oh this is some other like real robot mech show that I watched um that I don't remember so yeah that's like my experience with the the franchise I like stepped in on you kind of but oh no that's okay <laughs> I think it's... I think it's I I wanted to bring up my like yes I also watched this before and it was while blazed in high school yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a great story. Yeah, we'll get to my like I watched this whole thing in one sitting while extremely high when uh when we get to Ava. <laughs> um Again, I feel like we had very different Ava experiences, but Yes. Our trajectory is like it's funny because our anime trajectories are they have a lot of a lot of similarity, but like yeah. it's all rearranged. Yeah, it's like the same wavelengths, but they've become desynced. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like my my stone watching was you know in my in my more mature anime face when I was watching Ava and you know Gurumagi and all that shit. So okay, trying to get back to the <laughs> what we were talking our original prompt for this question, I, I will say like I think watching the Universal Century stuff, it's going to be an interesting it's going to make for an interesting conversation for us because. I can't help but watching it now, I can't help but see how the 08th MS team is really engaging directly with uh, a, a lot of the, not just the plot, obviously, because it's set during the First Year War, so on and so forth, but explicitly engaging with a lot of the tropes and themes of the Universal Century Gundam stuff and doing it in some really interesting ways. And just as a final comment, or I guess a more general comment on Gundam, part of the thing that really appeals to me, and I will say, I don't know if First Gundam is like my favorite anime, but it's definitely up there. First Gundam and, and Gundam Zeta, essentially, are probably two of my top anime. And the reason why I've become such a big fan now over time is the scale of Gundam is a really fascinating thing to me. The way that early on with just like the Tamino stuff, the way that it just continues to like build on itself, the way that it builds new variations on the same themes uh, or similar themes and the way that it just kind of builds on itself in a way that is like, it's unwieldy and at times it's not always it's not always the most compelling like there's definitely some episodes in Gundam 79 where it's just like 
this is dragging or whatever in and like in double zeta as well i think double zeta is notorious for this where it's just like the first five episodes is like it comes off as like everyone is just tired and they're like can we not be making gundam anymore please <laughs> um but in spite of all of that like it, it just feels like the the epic scale of not only the universal century like overarching narrative and all of that but just the over, the epic scale of like the whole series it just subsumes it all uh and and all of the like flaws are just minimized in favor of just like these this incredible scale of like sweeping themes and like epic narratives and this incredible mass of characters it's it's really just a delightful a delightful series to uh to watch through and work with even though it's a huge time commitment um yeah i we are recording this shortly after waypoint radio released their waypoints of the year episode where they just talked about like here's a favorite piece of media that's not a video game um from this year and kato talked about the great gundam project and i forget if it was kato or austin walker who was talking about in some ways like i i've for in some ways i've had to see this from afar because i haven't like gone through quite as much of the process of watching it as you have i'm interested in doing that and it's probably like an undertaking i'm going to do but i also want to wait until we get to first gundam on the podcast to like start that because i want to watch that like through for the very first time with you being someone who loves it and then like you know have the reverse of what we have now kind of where i'm like i've never watched this i'm going in i don't really know what's going to happen other than like very vague understandings of the series so yeah i like one of the things that they talk about is that there's not really like that many other series that is what gundam is like if you look at something like star wars you like maybe see something similar but Star Wars doesn't allow creators to, like, do alternate universes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Gundam has, like, Gundam Wing is separate from Universal Century. Iron-Blooded Orphans is separate from Universal Century, although there are, like, theories about how it might relate to that or other timelines. But, like, this disparate timelines thing being like okay we're going to have like some of the core themes and images and now we're going to let you tell a different story that's like outside of the canon timeline lore is just a thing that like rarely happens uh, one variation on this i think like one of the reasons why i love shimigami tensei is that it has some of the similar things where like the Raido Kuzanoa stuff, the mainline Shimigami Tensei stuff, the like Persona stuff is all basically different timelines and they're riffing on similar themes, but they're also taking them in their own directions. And it's like it's cool to see like here's an overarching franchise where there are these things being set up by the original and then here are these people taking it in new directions. Um, one of the things that I think is funny is like my my understanding with Gundam is that most of these things are separate and it's basically just fans piecing together like 
oh, here's a way that you could potentially do branching timelines that get to different versions of like these different timelines in Gundam and how you could fit it all together into like one cohesive whole. Even if some of it is like, oh, if this person fails in their task, then like it goes on this branch or if they succeed, it goes on this branch. One thing that's really fun for me about Shin Megami Tensei is that there are canon answers for that stuff. So like Persona games... And Shin Megami Tensei, the mainline games, take place at around roughly the same time. But in Shin Megami Tensei, it is an apocalypse where the world is being ravaged by a war between angels and demons. And in Persona, it's like teens going into a shadow realm to change people's hearts. And like the the rest of the world, occasionally the shadow world will like venture out into it in ways but for the most part it's like basically just our current modern reality and there's a canon answer for why both of those exist and it's that if you go to the right Kuzanoa games which I believe actually take place in the 30s I think when I was tweeting about this I said the 20s it takes place in an alternate version of our 30s where the emperor of Japan didn't die and so it's still the previous era that it was in the 20s um, I'm trying to remember the name of the like emperors because that the eras in Japan I think it's the Taisho and then it was the Showa. Um, but anyway, Raido Kuzunoa, the demon summoner, if he succeeds in his task at killing Yahweh back in the 30s, then God and all the deities are dead. And so they can't then have a war later on that is the mainline Shimagami Tensei games. And instead what happens is humans still desire the sense of like deities as a way to give purpose to their lives and so they generate out of their own collective unconscious they generate shadows which take on the forms of these like iconic deities and they initially appear as shadows but then if you like come to understand your shadow and are able to tame it it turns into a persona this is me going on a whole spiel but like there's a canon answer in Shin Megami Tensei for why those are different <laughs> and there isn't in Gundam, but I do feel like it's like, I don't know, like this doesn't happen a ton is my my big point yeah. of like, it's this big sprawling series that has different timelines that are riffing on things differently and you can kind of tie them together, but like really at the heart of it, it's just different people going like, hey, what if I take these ideas, but I shift it or I do this twist or I displace it in this way, as well as like to go to some of the production. I believe that there was basically they did most of the universal uh, century stuff in Japan. And then I think they did like Gundam Wing was right before 08th MS team. Gundam Wig was one of the first big departures from Universal Century, and it actually did not perform very well in Japan, but performed really well in the West. And so 08th MS Team was kind of produced, at least the theory is, as like a return to form, like, uh uh-oh, we deviated from what Gundam is too much in Japan, let's go back to the Universal Century, let's go back to the one-year war, let's like really situate it like basically during first Gundam, but here's what's happening in the ground versus in space. And both of them like succeeded really well in the the West, but I I think Gundam Wing did poorer in Japan. So it's it's kind of a like weird, interesting tidbit that happened there. Uh, I do have the Toonami premiere order here because I think it's like important for people to contextualize when most people in the West were watching these series. So as I said before, America's first Gundam was Gundam Wing which was March 2000. And then I think when Gundam Wing wrapped up 
what they did was on July 23rd, 2001, First Gundam started airing during a daytime slot on like the main Toonami. And then during Midnight Run, they did 08th MS Team. It was still censored because as we'll get into, 08th MS Team is like more quote unquote adult than a lot of Gundam. Um, and so they still like censored it for a Toonami audience. And also removed the final episode, which we can talk about more when you get to it, because I I think like that episode has a lot of context for the series as a whole, but I'm not going to give away anything else. Um, It's kind of it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. I understand why it wasn't aired in the US, but also like it significantly changes the series for me if you don't watch it. And then after that, 0080 War in the Pocket aired, which was later in 2001. Um, and then they did G Gundam, SD Gundam, and Gundam Seed. And I think that was it for Toonami Gundam series up until more recently when I think they did some of the more recent, um, like I know they did Iron-Blooded Orphans and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of like, I, this is what the Western perspective of Gundam was. And I, I'm very much coming from that of like, I watched Gundam wing. I watched 08th MS team and I watched some of Gundam 79, which I think was probably when it was first airing. And I may have even watched an episode or or two of 08th MS team back then, but that was in middle school where I was like not staying up to watch midnight runs of anime. So yeah, it is also interesting that this is like literally airing alongside the first 12 episodes of First Gundam. Um, <laughs> I like I know from hearing people talk about this series that the speech that people see uh, set on TV in the first episode is a big, th- big thing in First Gundam. Yes. I had no context for it. And most Western audiences seeing it for the first time, I also don't think I had context for it unless it's in literally the first episode of First Gundam. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, I like that bit, I think is, is an interesting context for people to have going into the series. And I intentionally didn't want to first put it on you, Connor. Cause I was like, I don't know what he knows. I just want him to go into it the way he wants to go into it. And then we can like talk about it after he's seen the first six episodes. Um, the other thing I'm going to call out here as like an important production note is the first six episodes were directed by Takeyuki Kanda. So as I said, episodes one and two released together in January of uh, 1996 in Japan. Um, Then three and four released two months later in March of 1996. And then July of that year, Kanda died tragically in a car crash. He had already done, I think, most of the work directing episodes five and six. I don't know exactly where those episodes were at, but like he definitely did most of the directing for those episodes. He's the one credited for the direction on those episodes. Um, and they ended up coming out in October of 1996 in December of 1996. Um, I don't fully know if like his death was part of why there was a seven month delay between the episodes three and four and then episode five, or if that was just something going on with production in general, well, that's like a little bit of context. Um, and then there's a hiatus, and 10 months later, episode 7 comes out, directed by Imanosuke Aida. Um, Takeyuki Kanda, I don't think, is super well known for doing many other anime works, whereas uh, Umanosuke Aida did like a bunch of Ghibli in particular. There's a lot of Ghibli stuff that people know that he worked on. And so he takes over as director with episode 7 through 12. Once it gets started, the production is a little bit 
like even although there are some gaps between some of the final episodes in particular that are just longer gaps again ovas they can like take their time if they want that's how ova works the other note here is that we are going to watch miller's report i think for our conversation it, it will be useful if we both watch it connor I'm also saying to like listeners of the podcast, if you are watching along with us, do not feel the need to track down Miller's report and watch it. Most of it is recap of episodes one through eight in particular. Um, it provides a little bit of new context that like helps tie together episodes eight and nine, I think. If you are going to watch Miller's report, I would recommend not watching it until you finish episode nine. Um, that's lining up a little bit more with when it came out and... I think just knowing episode nine and being like weird, there's like a weird time gap in here and then going and watching Miller's report to fill that in is better than like watching the thing that's clearly meant to fill in a time gap. And then like getting to the next episode when that's not even how it was released. Like it's just a weird order to watch it to me. So that's context. You can also just wait until you've watched all of the show and watch Miller's report again it's not crucial but there's some there's some added context and I think it's worth it for you and me as uh, people recording an episode about it Connor to like at least have that context and mention it briefly even if our listeners don't actually need to watch like an hour-long movie to get two minutes of like additional context (laughs) well that's that's just uh you know that's just the burden that we take on for our listeners yeah we watch the clip shows so you don't have to. Yeah. And then we'll tell you if it's if it's a good idea for you to watch it or not. Also, the other note here is that when Toonami aired 08th MS Team, they like took those two minutes that are important and I think they episode uh, edited them into episode 8. And then again, episode 12 was never aired in the US on Toonami and we we will talk about that when we get to it. I don't want to ruin anything about episode 12. It's not because of, like, it's super terrible, grotesque, whatever. (laughs) I I will put that out there. It's not like, and then episode 12, horrible things happen that are, like, terrible to witness as a human being. (laughs) Yeah. Again, we'll- Not that it's also super rosy, but, like, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get get there with Ava. (laughs) Yeah. Who, man. So we, we record the, like- here are the content warnings for the series after we've done most of the episodes, but the way that we're doing Evangelion, we will have recorded four episodes when we, when we then start releasing it. So the intro episode, we won't have watched or we won't have like discussed end of Evangelion before we record here are the content warnings. And I think I'm just going to have to like watch it beforehand. Cause even end of Evangelion is rough. Yes. It's, <laughs> um yeah yeah it yeah talk talk about a film that like almost intentionally brutalizes the viewer well uh, that's but that's for later we'll get to that later yeah (laughs) we will get to it um all right i don't know if you have anything else you want to want to talk about here um not particularly i'm i'm excited to get started on oath you know it's Judging by the notes, uh, I think I think we're gonna have a really interesting conversation, especially since uh, in a in a podcast first, this is a series that we've never discussed before, just the two of us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the I don't know what's gonna happen. 
yeah the the flow here of like ghost in the shell standalone complex we recorded some great episodes but i think also when you listen to them it's like clear that we have talked about ghost in the shell a ton and so there's not a lot of us like bouncing off of each other in terms of like oh you said this thing and i just thought of this thing it's like we have our points that we're going to make and we like know what each other is already going to make so clearly because we've watched this series. We've both watched the series so many times. And also we've talked about it multiple times, like even beyond the final episodes where we hadn't recorded them previously. When we first tried to do this podcast, we had still talked about ghost in the shell a fair amount. Cromartie high school was like, we both watched it. We both knew that we liked it. We talked about it some, we're talking about it in more depth than we ever have before. And so like, we're getting a little bit more of energy bouncing off of each other of like, oh, you just said something that's like about this little detail that I hadn't thought of before. This is just like completely like, I've basically been texting you for weeks now being like, I have no idea what you're going to think about this. I really want to talk about this, but I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything here because I want it to be on the podcast, but I don't even know if you're going to hate it, which at this point, I don't think you do, but. (laughs) No, I I, like if, I think I texted you this a couple days ago, but it's very hard to, uh, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to Gundam. I mean, I even like Double Zeta. So, you know, I'm pretty easy to please. I can find the good in it. Um, I have not watched Double Zeta. I've heard there's a lot of good stuff in Double Zeta. There's also just a lot of, like, moments that really drag and can be hard to get through. Um, Just in terms of, like, not, like, hard to get through in terms of, like, oh, this is so difficult to watch. But just in terms of, like, okay, like, get to to it, please. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, um... They're, like, throwing food at each other now in the first episode. Like, what? What's... (laughs) Why are they throwing food at each other? Uh, We don't even know who the characters are yet. Yeah, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, if if you listen to our Ghost in the Shell episodes and you were like, damn, this sounds like... It seems like they've talked to each other about this series in like a paralegal office for countless hours already um then you're gonna be in for a very different experience this time and and so are we so i'm excited yeah i i think in these like first few series we have planned there's a lot of i've watched this thing and i'm having you watch it for the first time like i don't think you've you've seen utena either but i'm also excited from when we get to first gundam Gundam 79 and just like having it reverse and then as we go on having more and more where you're like here's a series like I haven't watched I know that you I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth and say that you like Code Geese do you like Code Geese um I know that people have mixed feelings about Code Geese (laughs) yeah yeah I like it okay I've not watched Code Geese so like that would be one if we do Code Geese I haven't seen it yeah I don't know it it's it's good. That's another show that, it, you know, it's it's kind of hard to be like, wow, I like this because it's really brutal. But, you know, it's 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 really interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I liked it. All right. Well, a taste for the future if we ever do Code Geese. For sure. There will be lots of pizza.
Oh, that's the one thing I do know about Code Geass is there's some character in particular who eats lots of pizza and gets called Pizza Butt or something by terrible people on the internet. So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't encountered. I know I know the character, but I haven't encountered that like the meme or whatever. And yeah. uh, I. My general rule of thumb for anime is uh, stay away from a lot of the fandom. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a <laughs> whole episode. I learned that with Evangelion. Like, that could be a whole episode, like, by itself. Just, like, being an anime fan and then, like... Having to cope with what that means. Yeah. And also, like, trying to engage with, like, other anime fans or, like, the, like anime fan generated content on the internet is a whole is a whole other thing and like i, I would just throw this out there because we're on the subject um like well oftentimes my approach to that is i just like don't so there may be times on the podcast where like if in a certain we may be discussing an anime and like in the community of that anime it's like yeah this is an obvious point or like, why does he think that he is like he's observing this newly or something? Like, just you know, rest assured. Like, I haven't been on that Reddit and like, or I haven't been on that wiki probably and like read about the anime or like what people yeah, are saying you, about it. I think one of our important dynamics as a like podcast co-hosting team is that you are very not online and I'm enough online to like have an understanding of what being online means. <laughs> I I've escaped from being fully online. Thanks in part to having a child where I just don't have the time to be 100% online. An but... underrated perk of, of children. To um, save you from yeah, yourself. Like, Especially when I was in undergrad, like the entirety of undergrad, I was just a hundred percent online. So well, it's good. I feel like you've never you've never had that experience. No. Of of being truly online. I, I I don't know. I don't think so. But it's good to have you back in corporeal form. Yeah. Well, this is the part where I would throw to the end of the episode and uh, have you talk about your Twitter account that you never use? But we <laughs> we might have work cited. I don't have any yet, but who knows? We might. No. So there might be some in here. Not not yet for me, but we'll see. So I I guess we didn't have work cited. So uh, where can people follow you online, Connor, and see all of your great lack of posts? You can follow me on Twitter at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S. And uh, if you tweet at me, I, I'll probably respond. But... Yeah, yeah, it'll be like we'll a see. day later in my experience, but it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow me at Fox Mom Nia. I guess I can spell this out. I normally don't, but F-O-X-M-O-M-N-I-A. And you can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod. Uh, you can also follow at Garf Read Aloud to see me read Garfield aloud into a camera every day. Um <laughs> Otherwise, next time we're going to be watching episodes one through six of the 08th MS team. Uh, if you do have questions about the series that you want to write into us, you can always do that at ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. I'm definitely going to be doing 
like posts on the Twitter account and like the abnormal mapping discord where I sometimes post being like, Hey, send in questions if you want to before we actually record, but feel free to also just send it in. If you're like, I just had an idea. I just had a thought. I'm going to send it in now. Even if we end up answering it, that's like, fine. I don't care. Just send it in. Yeah. Um, Even if we answer it in the course of like our normal discussion, we'll, we'll definitely pause and like make sure we, we frame up the question and consider it like by itself. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, sometimes we also have more thoughts on things, even if we like did technically answer it, we might still be like, let's do this and just talk about it more because we feel like we can fresh it out, mm-hmm. well, flesh it out more. Yeah. Otherwise, thank you to the Export Audio Network. You can go to exportaud.io and patreon.com slash export audio. Uh, the first link just goes to the second one but export odd.io is so much more fun to type in and otherwise yeah we'll we'll see you in two weeks and feel free to stay for after the the like musical outro here to listen to the count uh content warnings so as we kind of alluded to earlier there are there are definitely some more here than in some other gundam so uh Bye. See you next time, everybody. So in terms of content warnings for this show, um, I'm kind of going in terms of as stuff shows up in the episode. So this first one is not super huge, but it does happen literally at the very beginning of episode one. Uh, There is the F slur in the subs. Um, The dub here, I think, says pansies instead. The original Japanese word is also like, you know homophobic slur in Japanese so this is a literal translation it's presented as like a shitty thing military people say but still just forewarning for people there's also some sexualization of women in general and especially uh, one young girl in the series who uh, is I forget the actual it was like 17 when we looked it up We, we talk a little bit as well about the sexualization of young girls in anime. So that's just something to be aware of there. Um, as well as just kind of there's nudity in the series. This is our first big series with a 
like actual nudity depicted and there's some sexism and you know not great treatment of some of the women characters so know that going in uh there's also some stuff around disability especially around uh one character who has some sort of chronic illness um it's never fully depicted but there is a little bit that's brought up around that character's like disability and his relation to how that affects what he can do um that we don't get into detail about because I don't fully have like a take on it. There's also in episode eight, an implied intent to rape a character who is the same young girl. It never like when that scene happens it never is depicted as like a sexualized thing and also isn't implied to happen at all. In fact, like the person, the person who is threatening this pretty soon after gets killed but still just something there that could be triggering for people also then just like in general there's lots of violence and death in the show it is a show about war um, as part of it too there's depictions of war crimes which includes a gas attack massacre that occurs uh, or that is like briefly depicted um, depictions of like large-scale missile strikes there is like some terrifying use of weapons that are like incredibly powerful and destroy can destroy lots of people. You know, the like war crime of killing evacuating wounded soldiers and things like that. All of that is comes up and is uh, honestly kind of thematic to the series. Um, so I'm not going to call out a ton of specific episodes. Do you remember the gas attack one? That's like probably one of the most graphic depictions that we could mention was that is that episode seven um i believe it is episode yeah yeah there's also yeah, some seven. there's also some depictions of an abusive relationship and when we put up the recording for like the second half of the series i'll probably also have a little thing at the very beginning that i like briefly talk about my own experiences with some of that um just to like further warn people and then there's some stuff around claustrophobia and the these machines of wars like these mechs being coffins um so for some people that could also be triggering um and also towards the very end i mean there's alcohol throughout some of the show um but especially the end kind of implies like alcoholism as an actual problem and not just like oh this character's drinking in a scene Mm -hmm. um so i think that's it for content warnings those are sort of the big things that i noticed um i don't think you called out anything else in particular that i didn't catch yeah again apologies if i ever like do miss out on something i'm just i'm trying to be aware as i watch and jot down notes so that i can like try to and also as we discuss so i can try to prepare people as they're going in so yeah that's that's it um let's okay also... looks like we're we're rolling i'm gonna i'm gonna try craig i'm gonna try craig see if craig's at home Oh, last time, last time I did try and have Craig join, I think. Oh, no, I just didn't. I gave up on Craig last time. Now Craig! recording. Welcome back.
Welcome back, Craig. We'll, we'll think, see if you randomly leave us again mid-recording. But I think Craig just needed a vacation. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel that. New year, new Craig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got, a, he got patched for Christmas. Yeah. Um, do, do, do. Let's go to time.is. Also, this is a thing that I recently found out listening to another podcast. I forget which. I know... Austin Walker was on it, but I don't remember which one it was, which Austin Walker podcast I was listening to. But apparently time dot is can desync over time. Like when you go to it, it does the exact time that you have, but then your computer oh, yeah. is calculating the like clock beyond that. So yeah. like always refresh it before we do the clap at the end, which I also think we forgot to do last time, but that's fine. Yes. Um, well, we may have. Yeah, I don't know. I... I took a break from editing, so <laughs> I'm like just now doing our second Crow High episode. Oh, okay, good. Well, let me know when you want to do it, and I'll make sure I refresh. Okay. Um, are you ready to do the clap? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Do we want to do it at maybe six after? Yeah. Like six seconds? I feel like I was slightly behind there. I don't know about you. Um. Yeah, I like. So. I'm not sure if I should do it like if I should have my hands ready and like right when it turns to six clap, or if I should let it turn to six and then like wait I, like a quarter beat and then clap. I usually try and have it where my hands are coming together into the clap when it switches to the number okay all right well let's let's give it another shot then okay um let's do 51 okay how'd that feel felt good to me all right so we are just going to do the intro episode right now um, this feels weird. We're not going to roll right into it. Um, yeah, I hope we don't just have like a completely different energy later in the day. <laughs> I mean, I guess fine. People are going to listen to it two weeks later. So yeah. Um, and for the, like, for the sake of like the presentation at the end, it's going to be two separate episodes. So it won't be quite as drawing. Yeah. Um, the, the bigger thing is I'm just not going to be quite as full on one when we get into episode two. all right let's see uh i guess i i will get myself ready all right i'm gonna stop recording i guess um oh craig dropped out again oh craig all right i'm actually stopping recording now